Oh boy, gear. Yeah. Bri- Bri- bridge is going up. Oh, mm. yeah. Well, maybe we should talk about something. All right, fine. So I, I actually, I have a, a riddle for you. Okay. All right. What does a hardware store, a stuffed bear, and Arthur Fleming have in common? Oh. Well, I, <laughs> I, I have the answers. I do know. But it's not a simple answer. It's going to take some storytelling. So let's get into it. All right, fine. Okay, everyone, you're listening to the podcast that's light on Duluth history and heavy on nostalgia. You are getting bridged with Garen Kelly. I'm Kelly Halston Erickson. And I'm Jerry Halston. And it's on. <laughs> it is. Okay. All right, so. Let's let's talk about this. Well, okay. So what, the, these three things: the hardware store, the stuffed bear, and Arthur Fleming. I think I think we should start with the hardware store. Uh, uh-huh. Well, the hardware. Th- these are all uh, related to uh, going out, uh, drinking, and dancing, and having a great time uh, from long before your time. Mm. And uh, the hardware store uh, story. There, there were great places to. Uh, uh, drink and dance at night uh, here in Duluth but out in Lakeside there was nothing now you could go up to Knife River and there was a place I think it ended up being Lakeview Castle maybe Wonderland uh, was its name and that was great fun Lakeside nothing and there's a real reason for it and it has to do with the family who uh, I dedicated or, or do you know about this? Oh, I sure do. Well, first of all, let's get real about where Lakeside and Lester Park starts. And that is at 40th Avenue East. So back in 1889, um, Lakeside Lester Park were uh, was formed, and it was the village of Lakeside. But four years later, Duluth, the city of Duluth wanted to annex it. And as a part of that annexation agreement, there was a stipulation that no liquor would be sold there. And this was upheld for 125 years. Holy smokes, That's that long. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was the residents. They all agreed. This was, yep. They, they were all good with it. Well, I guess in a majority. And there's an extremely vocal um, couple who owned the owned the, the hardware store out there? Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, and, and to name names, it was the Marshall family. It was indeed Marshall School. They uh, gave money to that, uh, and it bears their name today. And uh, now there's a liquor store, but there's still no real bar out there that I'm aware of. No, no. So, so um, Myrtle and Lyman were their names, and Myrtle Marshall was the one who was the the big. Um, anti-liquor sales proponent um, lived in Lakeside half her life, but golly, in nine, or excuse me, 2016, the city council wow. finally uh, overturned the liquor ban, and there's a liquor store out there now. But as far as I know, there's no, there isn't a bar per se. Some of the local uh, restaurants might have yeah. liquor licenses, yeah. maybe then the works or something. But uh, yeah, if you were gonna go, if you lived out there and you're gonna go party. You're coming to town. You betcha. <laughs> you betcha. Well, Downtown. There, there were a lot of great places uh, on the way. The London House, which, which is gone. Uh, Tin Pan Alley, Peanut Gallery, something like that. There was music and dancing. I'll bet it was going six days a week down at that place. And up uh, where the uh, co-op is now, uh, 
that was the Casa de Roma. Mm-hmm. And in their basement, uh, basement of this, and it was a nice restaurant at the time, uh, there was drinking, dancing, big place, good parking, lots going on there. Uh, you could roll down Superior Street. Mr. Pete's was up and running. Uh, just insane, all of the places. Uh, the Silver Hammer, friend of mine, uh, in fact, he was best man in our wedding. Uh, their band played the Silver Hammer for a couple of years, six nights a week. Wow. You know, it was it was big time in those days. And uh, everybody was out and about enjoying themselves. Lots of dancing going on. Was that his sole gig? That's what he did? That's what he did, yeah. That was his job. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And at the time, and I talked to him just recently, but at the time, uh, if you were playing like a, a weekend, a two-nighter or something like that, uh, you would get paid somewhere between 100 bucks and $150 a night. Wow. Okay. And this is in the early 1970s now. And at that time, uh, I was working at a good job that paid uh, $3.50 an hour. So do the math. Uh, in a couple of nights, he was making more a week than I was making in the factory. Well, what ha- why, What were you doing? I worked at uh, Diamond Tool and Horseshoe Company. No, I know, but why were you not playing an instant? Why were you not I, playing in a band? Oh, well, <laughs> 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 there is a, a, a short story that uh, uh, on the Christmas that my friend got his guitar. I wanted one too. He got his. I did not get mine for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so I just ended up doing other stuff. Otherwise, I might have. Oh, see? You know? If only for that fateful Christmas. If only. Oh, boy. I, I, so I've uh, blamed blamed Santa or maybe uh, thanked him. I'm not sure which it should have been, but mm-hmm. yeah, it was just because of that. Oh, that, okay, that just that. I, I didn't start playing with my friend Bruce. All right, right. Yeah. Yeah, so going downtown so, was a fun, it was a fun Time always something, you know the flame that was across the avenue from uh, uh, the Duluth Arena Auditorium complex at the time, and you could go out uh, to the far end of town, out to uh, Gary New Duluth. There were a couple bars out there. Congress is one name that comes to mind, and you could come back uh, this towards downtown again. And of course, the uh, artist that you mentioned uh, painted all of the murals in the come on in ah yes and the come on in mm-hmm. yes that uh that was watering hole that was a, a working man's bar the murals are still there they're um uh, pretty orangey from the nicotine and the smoke from all of those days and somebody had uh, uh varnished over them to protect them in the ages mm-hmm it, but they're there and it's of all the factories all the uh, companies that were in that area uh and in the day uh you know in the days that i was working at diamond tool uh there was a thing where you could uh, we were paid once a week on thursdays and you could go to the come on in and cash your check which was for around 125 dollars and with your cash you would get a token for one free beer ah yes so and you know the western bank didn't offer that so 
I wonder if there's any method to that madness. I wonder any strategies there. Well, you know, Hmm. it uh, wouldn't hurt to have another one as long as you're there and all settled in. Of course. Yeah, the Come On In is is an interesting building. If you ever get the chance to go take a look at it, the address is 332 North 57th Avenue West. The building was built in 1891. You know, one of those real old, yep, really old Duluth. It's a tall long skinny building you walk in and you know yes, that you're is. you're it's another one of those places kind of like that the coney island where you step back and you're just like wow yep this hasn't changed look look at this place mm-hmm. eh? yeah arthur fleming painted the murals um in 1950 and 1951 so okay. they are as old as you are uh-oh uh, i just gave yeah, something yeah. away there um and uh yep illustrating those businesses and industries in west Duluth, most of most of which of course don't exist anymore and i remember uh, when I was old enough to go in the come on in for the first time, I didn't even notice the murals. They're so <laughs> they're they're so muted. And then you look at it; it's pointed out, and it's like what? And you're just your your eyes just follow them along, and they're they're not photorealistic, but they're realistic in they're style. They're a realistic representation of the buildings themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm surprised that somebody hasn't gone in with some digital stuff and taken some pictures. And then try to digitally get the yellow out right. and restore the natural colors. It, it'd be a good project for someone to do that and post it. Uh, it it'd be just remarkable, I think. But, you know, out, out in that area, yeah, you could go to the come on in uh, to the gopher. Uh, I don't know if the gopher's... Still in existence. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. And it was down the basement of the gopher. And all I can remember... Spend some nights there. Uh, was that the ceiling was pretty low? It was really smoky in there, and the alcohol was really flowing. Mm-hmm. Or you could go up uh, Central Avenue there and and go to Charlie's, mm-hmm. which uh, was next to Bridgman's, and that burned down. But that was the same thing. Just lots of loud music, lots of people, just crazy with people, and you know, especially on a weekend. Now. Uh, Places like a Charlie and the Gopher, no, they didn't have music uh, during the week. But on the weekend, oh, sure, mm-hmm. sure. And if that wasn't enough, you could uh, sneak over across the bridge to the Cove. Uh, good music there all the time. Uh, there was a Casbah, and um, oh, yeah, there was a, a fascinating place uh, over there, and it was uh, Tony's Cabaret. And at Tony's Cabaret, there was a guy who played trumpet, a guy on drums, and a lady who played piano. And they played old-time music. Man, they ground out some (laughs) fun, fun music at the time. And it was on 5th Street. Uh, Izzy's Ribs is on that street now. Sure. But the rest of it's all gone. You just had all kinds of choices. Uh, You could go up where Walgreens is now on Highway 53 just uh, up on the end of Trinity Road, Mm -hmm. and that was the Highland Supper Club. And it was a true supper club where you could get the relish tray, the dinner. Oh, my gosh, the relish tray is, like, the best. Salad bar? Was there a salad bar? No, they didn't have salad bars. They brought you a salad. You don't have to get your own. It's a supper club. Fair enough. Could you get get cottage cheese if you wanted it? A little bowl, a dish of cottage cheese, and a little piece of lettuce? 
What, why would you want that? I'm just saying that it's good to have <laughs> options. <laughs> I should imagine you could, but okay. I'm not sure of why. And they had an honest-to-goodness piano bar there. Oh. And they had the guy playing and the singing, and you could uh, slap down a few drinks and uh, lots of places to sit around that piano and uh, pretend like you could sing, and if you couldn't, have a couple more, and by golly, you could. Absolutely. Get right back on tune there. Mm -hmm. Go up Highway 53. There was a Jackson Club up by the movie theaters, by the Skyline Bowling Alley. In fact, uh, your mother and I had our uh, wedding dance at the Jackson Club. All right. We hired that. It was a Hermantown thing. Nice little place. Must have worked. We're still married. Hey. Or you could go up to the El Toro. It was up and quite functional, you know, as long as you're out and about. Mm. You could always go up to the Toro. Crazy. Up in cotton? <laughs> up in cotton. Oh, boy, you really make a trip. Be oh, committed. Sure. Well, you're driving. You're not walking. Thank God you probably couldn't. So. Oh, boy. <laughs> you go shoot up there for a little while. All good time. What about the drinking and, and driving uh, laws? I mean, weren't people nervous about doing that? It... it it became a problem because uh, yeah. with <laughs> a lot of people drinking and driving, and the laws became uh, very strict yeah, with great uh, punishment. And I think that uh, that killed a lot of that kind of business. And uh, we were getting older anyway, and we had kids at home, and, you know, it changed. And I, I do have to put in just a quick word for up, up on Highway 53, the NCO club at the air base. I was in the guards, and I had a military ID, and with that military ID, it meant I could get into the main air base, go to the NCO club, non-commissioned officer, that means you're a sergeant and above, not an officer, not a lieutenant, not a colonel, not a, no, no, NCO. And you could go up there, and there would be music playing. It was a nice club, and, ah, oh, man, I, if I remember correctly, the beers were 15 cents and the mixed drinks were 25. And you could bring your wife with you or your spouse. I shouldn't say wife. That's inappropriate. These days. And and another couple as a guest. Oh, my. So, oh, yes, we were at the NCO club. <laughs> Took advantage of that little benefit. Absolutely. And uh, there were places that, that were just legendary, you know, that... Uh, Everybody everybody went there, it seems, and everybody remembers. Everyone had their favorite watering hole, you know, and as we reminisce now, there were those, uh, oh, I remember this, and I remember the night that that. But one of them that really seems to stand out is the Black Bear. Wait, the casino? No, no, the Black Bear Lounge. Oh, yes. Now, you know about this, and that's why you did the riddle. Tell me about the black bear. Tell right. me what you know. I mean, it's legendary, so give us some of the legend. All right. It started out as a legend. Okay, so of course we're talking about the Graceland Plaza, which at the time was the Hotel Duluth, fancy Hotel Duluth right downtown. Um, and in, um, yeah, the Black Bear Lounge um, in 1925, there was a coffee shop there. And it was a two-story coffee shop. So you'd walk in and there were staircases that went up either side up to kind of a balcony area. And um, it's 1929 and uh, a guy called Arvid Peterson. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a man 
living in Duluth named <laughs> Arvid Peterson. <laughs> Which Arvid Peterson would that be? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He was driving um, from up the shore, drove a, a truck full of fish. Of course. Yep, up London Road towards downtown. And or, would that be up London Road or down London Road? Down London Road. Down London yep, Road, down, uh, the mm-hmm. way I look at it. Yeah, yeah, west on London Road uh, towards the Hotel Duluth. He's got the fish. And a black bear had come out um, along London Road, and he saw the black bear coming. But he's like, well, this is, all right, that's happening. I'm just going to keep going. The bear will veer away eventually. Guess what? No, bear did not veer away. He walked all the way. This bear followed this fish truck all the way down. Now, I'm sure back in the day, this fish truck wasn't going 70 miles an hour. No. You know, it was probably something a bear could easily keep up. Yeah, I mean, I am, I just, I have this vision in my mind of this, like this. Yeah, 1929, I'm surprised it wasn't a horse and wagon. Right, right. Like I'm 10 miles an hour, maybe, maybe, you know. Well, he had places to be. Yeah, I mean, just screaming on downtown. And and this, so this bear he ends up outside the coffee shop at the at this at this oh at the followed him hotel. the whole way yes and the bear of course smells the coffee and the you know it's delicious right and it's morning and the bear is hungry because he's been following this fish truck and he it it was on the the bear <laughs> there's these fifteen feet foot windows in front of this coffee shop and the bear smashes the window and goes in to the coffee shop. Oh, my gosh. At the same time, there's a drunk dude walking along Superior Street. and he's, Imagine that. Oh, in the morning. And he sees this going down. And he is like, he, he somehow finds a hammer. Like, where did he find the hammer? He finds a <laughs> hammer on, the, on Superior Street. Walking down the street with a hammer. <laughs> you know, finds his hammer. Some things are meant to be. Yeah, he's going to take the bear on. It's This is happening. And he, so he goes through the wind. The drunk guy jumps through the window, and he's waving the hammer around. The cops, oh, my gosh, the cops show up, and their plan was to, they were going to lasso the bear. And they were so... Then the bear, oh my gosh, there was there was this, um, the night watchman's name was Albert Nelson um, at the Hotel Duluth. And he, he saw this going down, of course, called the cops. And he's, you know, he, he's up on the second level balcony and he's throwing <laughs> like chairs and tables and stuff down the stairs to like keep the bear from coming up the stairs, you know? Sure. Oh my gosh. And so like, it's just, of course, chaos. People are gathering outside the hotel, you know, they're they're like, what's happening? You know, like, of course, there's going to be a crowd because <laughs> there's a bear. Oh, my gosh. And so finally, the bear is like, I'm going up and I'm going to get Arvid Nelson or. Who, who probably really wasn't prepared for any of this. Who's prepared for this? <laughs> Nobody's prepared for this. Oh, man. And so he's yeah. So he's going to go up there and get get Arvid Nelson. And then one of the cops shoots the bear. Oh, so and like and apparently, according to legend, like the crowd wasn't like yeah. It, they, I mean, they were. It was very. They were, they were silent, eh? sobering. Yes, to have the bear shot, which I thought was quite nice, actually respectful. Sure, sure. Yeah. respectful. Yes, too mm-hmm. bad this had to happen. Yes, so the bear got taxidermied, and <laughs> as you do, I guess, and was displayed in the front window of the coffee shop. 
And then, of course, later it got aptly named the Black Bear Lounge. And, you know, so um, since then, of course, the Black Bear Lounge is, is no longer, spoiler alert, friends. Um, and the Black Bear then moved to the Grandma Saloon in Delhi down here in Canal oh. Park and was displayed here for a while. And then... Yeah kind of disappeared like where's the black bear and i have to say I, I i read somewhere that the black bear was put in in this sort of storage area um in the in the building that's right before like if you're coming over the bridge to go on to park point the building that's right on the right before you go over the bridge oh yeah yeah, yeah that's the palucci building ah, so that, right that in been... the palucci building yeah so here's my little bit about that. I was at the Vickery uh, Distillery mm. maybe seven, eight years ago, and I had to use the restroom. And so, of course, you got to go upstairs and you got to go down this oh, hallway sure. and do sure. all this. And I remember seeing a bear and going, what is with that bear? I think I might have what, seen the bear. It, was it in a glass case? I was, yeah. I mean, I seem to remember it being a Wow. Like, it was a taxidermied black bear. The bear you've seen I the think bear I've seen the then. bear. I didnn't have we that. Have did a not bear have, sighting. I did not have the proper respect. No. Well, but, well and really? I just, I got to say, I got two questions about this. Yeah. Number one, what were the cops going to do once they lassoed the bear? Y- yeah, that's kind of a, <laughs> you know, you'd have to have two at once so as you can kind of keep the bear in between you. Otherwise, once you lasso it, the only thing you can do is pull it to you, which seems like really... It wasn't thought out. It oh, must have been God. just kind of a spur of the moment thing that we'll we'll just go ahead and lasso this. Maybe they wanted to ride the bear. Oh, I don't, boy! But anyway, number two is uh, what happened to the drunk guy? What? Because he just disappears from <laughs> the, the story. He, the hero with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, maybe he had stolen the hammer and was feeling. I don't know. I do. I want to know where he got the hammer. But listen. Oh, that's so funny. listen. All right. The, <laughs> the point is to not talk about the hammer, um, the drunk guy with the hammer, well, but is instead to talk about the Black Bear Lounge. Anyway, so tell the, us about the Black Bear the Lounge. The Black Bear Lounge, and this would have been, oh, 1970. Uh, at that time, there was a guy, the the Rio Pardo Trio. And Rio Pardo was this performer, and he was living up in Meadowlands at the time. And he was an incredible performer. He was fun. He was funny. Very gifted. I think, if I remember right, I think he played two trumpets at the same time. Wow. Or some darn thing like that. You know, it was fantastic. And and the music and the liquor flowed. It was always crowded in there. I, I was too young uh, to go there. You- However, I was there nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the presence of older people which would have been my brother who was 30 years old, you mm-hmm, see. Mm-hmm. And um, so it was okay. And they would start playing when the Saints go marching in. Mm-hmm. And there would be a line. Rio was playing the trombone, okay. And he would come down off the stage and they'd start the line. Uh, and, and the line would go around the, the dance floor one time maybe and then march out into the lobby, out of the lobby onto Superior Street, and just keep going. He's They're outside. Playing, outside. Following yeah. Rio Pardo. Following Rio Pardo. Playing his trumpet. Sure. Yeah. No, trombone. Oh, trom- <laughs> trombone. The trombone. The trombone. Okay, of course. Oh, yes. Yes. And 
at the time, um, go down Superior Street, go into the lobby of the North Shore Theater, up around the cord things, and down back around through the exit. And by the time the line was no longer on Superior Street, and go back to the Black Bear through the lobby of the hotel and through the entryway to the place. Sure. And the band was playing as the Saints go marching on at the same time. Because not everybody in the bar and exited the bar with correct. Rio Pardos. There's Some people still people stayed, still there. Stayed and just just say didn't feel like getting up. Lame, and, lame, <laughs> sad sacks. Okay. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <Could have> been. <laughs> and the thing that always amazed me, did that a couple times, was that as, as Rio Pardo came in, the band and he were still playing together. They never skipped the beat. Really? Thought, oh my, they, well, this is good. I guess they even went across the street once uh, and into the WDSM studio, and this was uh, around 10 o'clock at night when the news was on. Oh. And went into the newsroom and came around. Cool, that real part was a rascal. <laughs> that only happened once. <laughs> yeah. But, 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 you know. It was fun. Wait, 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 wait. So you said that when they came back in, when Rio Pardo came back in, he was still in time with the band. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. That would mean that you were one of the sad sacks who didn't join the line. No, because when you came in, you you were hearing the band inside playing. Oh, you were a part of the line. Oh, sure. Oh, gosh. And, my God, they're both playing the same. (laughs) Just amazing. And... You know, everybody who got out and about at that time, of those folks, I'm sure a majority majority of them were at the Black Bear at least once. Yeah. To witness that and see it. And it was it was just amazing. It was great fun. There hasn't been anything in town like that since. Yeah, so real that hurdle. ties together the stuffed bear yes. with with a hardware store and some paintings. Yeah, well, when Rio Pardo, he died in December of 2006 at 80. And um, real nice, a real nice article that Jim Heffernan wrote um, from the Duluth News Tribune, or the News Tribune Attic that I'll link to in our page. But, uh, of course, the Black Bear Lounge became the Chinese Garden um, restaurant and was the Chinese Garden for, you know, a while, and then became the Blackwater Lounge, which opened in t- 2009. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's what it is today. You can get a little bit of that lounge feel. There's there's lounge a lounge singer, a house band a house, there. Is there? Mm-hmm. Yep, there sure is. That's great. Yeah, that's so... Great. Legendary. The, the, right. So the music in Duluth yeah. scene has certainly changed but uh there's plenty of bands i mean obviously famous bands like trampled like by turtles and great uh great music festivals like the homegrown music festival we, we've got a lot of the, good the musicians. music is out there mm-hmm. it, it is. sure is and it uh, just uh, hasn't quite settled into that same kind of uh, venue event uh Easy nights kind of thing that I'm that I am used to anyway. Yeah, the six night a week thing is pretty intense, but there are lots of venues and lots of musical styles. Big band music, check. Rock and roll originals, check. And that's just what the people here in this podcast. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But everybody had their place, I guess, that they would go. You know, the uh, uh, people from Lakeside would come downtown, and those of us. 
in the western part of town. We probably gravitated around the West Duluth area more than anything because that was, that's where it was. Yep. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got your little little spot. Yeah. So everybody had their favorites. Such as it is. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's pretty cool. But we do have a question: the yeah. ask ask a native Duluthian question. So yeah. I want to get to that here before in, before the I bridge am, goes. I'm a, I'm a native Duluthian. Go yeah, ahead. me too. Okay, okay. So all right, here we go. Um, <clears throat> dear Garen Kelly, what is one thing that as a visitor of Duluth, that a visitor of Duluth should avoid doing because it's very rude? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's see. How can you insult a Duluthian? Yeah, it's it's hard. It's very hard. We're we're very forgiving people. Well, or we just won't tell you as long as you don't mess with us. We're really insulted. Be pretty quiet about it, but hold a grudge quietly. Speaking of neighborhoods, oh, yeah, you can insult a, a West Duluth resident by referring to anything west of the Ordox as the West End. Oh, that, that is so man, true. Oh man, you will be called to task oh. and you will be schooled immediately. That's an offensive thing. That's true. You, the, the, the West End, West Duluth. Uh, In fact, all, all those neighborhoods, they're, mm-hmm. they're kind of fussy about, about yeah, where but, you, you know, say you're it, from. That is a true story. We take our neighborhoods in Duluth. Quite seriously. Very seriously. Yes. Quite seriously. Mm-hmm. And that's a you know that's a story for another time that we can we can talk about these neighborhoods and how they came to be and what they were called originally and th- there's some interesting stories I'm sure uh, you'll have to uh, we'll put you to task to research a little bit. Yeah, I'll do that. But uh, but I'm sorry, the bridge. I, I'm hearing the bridge coming up right oh, now. Oh, it is so. time. We'll be on our way. So all right. I think uh, maybe Ma's got some. Uh, pot roast or something going in the crock pot so let's go check it out oh i hope so (laughs) nice talking to you kel we'll catch up again with this let's go right on the getting bridged podcast is researched and written by kelly halston erickson it's remembered and recorded by jerry halston at the compound on park point and produced by jerry halston and kelly halston erickson so we have no one to blame but ourselves. Sources are compiled at rss.com slash podcasts slash gettingbridged, and you can connect with us on Instagram at gettingbridged or by emailing gettingbridged at gmail.com. A special thanks to Mary and Dan. You know who you are. And the many people in our lives for whom reminiscing is a varsity sport. The Getting Bridged podcast is researched and written by Kelly Halston Erickson, remembered and recorded by Jerry Halston at the compound on Park Point, and produced by Jerry Halston and Kelly Halston Erickson. So we have no one to blame but ourselves. Sources are compiled at rss.com slash podcasts slash gettingbridged, and you can ask questions and comment on our episodes on Instagram at gettingbridged, joining our Facebook group page by searching for Getting Bridged Podcast and by emailing us at gettingbridged at gmail.com. Special thanks to Mary and Dan, you know who you are, and to the many people in our lives for whom reminiscing is a varsity sport.